Hey everybody, this is Curtis Lane. You know that this week's episode is brought to you by Hinge. Hinge is the dating app that is designed to be deleted. What you have to do is download the app, find love, and then delete the app. It really is that simple. You may be trying other dating apps, but Hinge allows people to provide feedback on their dates in a way that will let you know maybe if there's a diamond in the rough. Don't take our word for it. Download it today and give it a try. I'm sure you'll find much success. Thank you and have a great day. She won't get married because she's never been in love. Andy's really hot. And don't get me wrong, you're cute too, but Andy is like cut from Marvel. He's gorgeous. He's like this beautiful face and this incredible body. And I genuinely don't care that he's kind of lame. For a lot of people, love isn't just a slogan. And if he hits you again, you tell me. I'd be forced to knock his teeth off. I don't think that would be such a good idea. He's big. I'm sorry. It's written into my character to do it, so I do it. What do you mean love? You mean a big lightning bolt to the heart where you can't eat and you can't work and you just run off and get married and make babies. Wait, wait, wait. Don't leave. Don't leave, please. I could use your help. Take this quarter. Go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face. Good day to you, madam. Have you been single for far too long? Are you out of touch with the dating game? Regardless of your plight, we're here to help. Put your hands together for the crew of the Nerds in Love podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Nerds in Love podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing okay. I saw any of this before we started recording, but I was like halfway through a project and I realized I had the wrong screwdriver, so I have to go run to get the proper screwdriver. Um, so it's, it's been a day and it, it always sucks when you're halfway through a project and then you realize you got the wrong tool and you're just like, um, no. Oh, cause you've been chugging along and yeah. And then you're like, uh, like, can I leave things like this? So yeah, it's been a day, but so what is, you need a, a Phillips screwdriver and you got a flathead one or what? So I got this like one that's for, I guess, well, I, I'm working on my laptop and I realized like, oh, I need one that's small. And I saw one online that was really small. Well, I guess it's much smaller than I need because it's only, it only works for, um, what's it called? Uh, iPhones? Like watches and really, yeah, like really small stuff like that, not laptops. Mm. So it doesn't have the grip. So I have to go get oh. one that's got some grip. So. So where do you in British Columbia go to get a tiny, tiny screwdriver? Uh, Canadian Tire. Canadian Tire is, they got all the tools, so. Oh, gotcha. Oh, it's not just tires. No, no. Like, okay. it's like a Home Depot up here. I think you guys have Home Depot oh. in the States, I think. Yep, mm -hmm. yeah. we do. It's very similar, like lots of tools and stuff, so. Oh, I had no idea. This whole time I thought Canadian Tire was like Firestone here, which is just tires and i mean they do tires too like most will have like a tire center adjacent so you can like get uh -huh. but they also do like other stuff like auto other auto automotive repairs and stuff like that so, huh yeah well, now i know anyways cool. anywho the listeners are like i don't 
care about tires, Kurt. I take the bus. Uh, but I think there's at least one listener that went, huh, I didn't know that about Canadian Tire. Yeah, next time you have so. Canadian Trivia Night, you can be like, well, guess what I learned. Uh, we always had Trivia Night for, with, about Canada. Yeah, I'm sure most No, not people. really. No, that's, a, that's, that's <laughs> pretty absurd. I mean, no, actually, in Tampa, I mean, we don't do trivia anymore anyway because of the virus. But, um, no, they would ask questions about, like, because the Lightning are here. And so there would be, like, hockey-related questions about Canadian hockey teams. Oh, yeah. So, yep. So I we would have questions. And I would never be able to answer them. But. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we should probably jump into things. Uh, the sure. Weather, by the way, in my place is very nice. It's. Oh, good. How's the weather? It's, it's, I'm guessing sunny. Uh, no, it's actually it's been kind of overcast all week, so that means it's a little less hot right now. It's 81. Wow. Without the heat index, there so yeah. So it's been we've been able to do a little bit of yard stuff. There you go. Yep. Perfect. Uh, well, yeah. Now we can now we can move on to the to the okay. questions. This podcast. Yeah, I felt like something was missing. Yeah. Yeah, gotta mention the weather. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, this podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment. But you know what? We help you out as best we can. Like Jacob, who says, Nerds, I'm about to start dating again. What, in your opinion, is the hardest part of dating? Jacob. Uh, I think the hardest part is sort of letting go of past baggage, but also keeping, you know, knowledge and sort of your keeping in mind like the lessons that you need to learn but also yeah not bringing baggage with you and it's a hard balance of thinking like well what do i what do i let go of and what do i sort of carry with me and learn from and i think it's a hard balance to sort of figure out Mm -hmm. but i think that's a big thing in in terms of if you're being ready to date you need to at least be ready to date but at the same time too you know you want to be cautious and you want to be keeping an an eye and an ear out for things that you know are going to be issues for you um and asking a lot of questions you know obviously there's other stuff too but i think the big thing at least in my opinion is to make sure that you're you're coming with some level of openness but you're also you've got in the back of your head things that you're thinking about like hey i i remember this from my last relationship and i'm gonna apply that lesson to you know whatever dating i do moving forward what do you think steph I like the answer because it's focused more on the self rather than other people mm. that you need to kind of get yourself kind of worked on first. But I, I said that the, the challenge and also one of the most enjoyable parts is meeting new people. Yeah. Because you're meeting new people and I know a lot of people with social anxiety and I lean towards anxiety and I know I have ADHD. So, um, so meeting new people, you kind of have to put your best foot forward and there's always an inherent chance of rejection, which I think can be tough. And there's a thing called that um, people are now talking about called rejection sensitive dysphoria. Mm. So some, some people, if they, if someone says, Hey, this isn't going to work out, they go, okay. And they maybe feel down for a little bit, but this is like where it impacts your mood a lot. So a lot of people may be experiencing that. So uh, I know that, that for people with rejection sensitive, sensitive dysphoria and social anxiety, dating can be really tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I always recommend that talking to a counselor can be helpful with that, um, especially if you feel like it's holding you back from doing things. But I would say that the, the most challenging part, most enjoyable is meeting new people. Cause I, I've dated people I still stay friends with, even we just went on a couple of dates and just figured it wasn't going to work in a dating way. 
Uh, but I'd also say too, for people using dating apps, just people not matching up to who they say they are, that yeah. people will put on dating apps, what they think people want to hear or what they think will entice people. And then you meet them and they're different. I would think that would be one of the most challenging things. For sure. I think it's a, a thing where people will start off being honest, but then they don't get a lot of messages or whatever. And they think, well, if I change this, I might get more luck. And yeah, to some right. degree you might, but it also backfires almost always because then people realize that you're not being genuine. So it's yeah, that's where you want a friend to review your, your profile. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I understand people want to sex it up or whatever. And I don't mean just sex, but you know, just make it look better. But yeah, you, you run the risk of, of making it, you know, like making a seven pound fish into a 20 pound fish. Do I you would, know what I mean? Like, I would also recommend too, like, if you uh, are, if you are kind of worried about that, like, just think more about how you can reword things and not necessarily mm -hmm. change right. aspects of yourself. That's what I was going to say. The words. Yeah. yeah. Look at the words, not the content. Yeah. Cool. Well. And also make sure your picture is accurate and it's not just a blurry picture and it's not just half of you. Or a group photo. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Because then they're going to go, who, who, which person am I talking to? I'm so confused. Yeah. Right. Anyways, do you want to read Daryl's email? Yes. Daryl says, my girlfriend and I just moved in together. Should we get a shared bank account? Daryl, I wait a little bit. Um, this is one of the rare times I'll say save it for marriage. <laughs> but I would say that, you know, sometimes it helps if you're doing shared expenses just to have one account that you both write checks from or whatever not people don't even write checks anymore what am i saying that you both have things withdrawn from <laughs> this is the normal language people use now but um, i would keep your separate accounts i would be very wary of doing this i wouldn't even say live together for a little while and see how you each have a relationship with money because the way we grew up with money informs a lot about how we are with money now and i would look and see if your money spending and saving styles are compatible and if you even want to share a bank account together because there's things you don't really learn about someone until you live together. So I'd say I'd wait. What do you think? I think having one for like your rent or mortgage payments, mm -hmm. your bills and all that, that makes sense. Should you be pooling all of your money into one account? No. I think no. there's something to be said for having your own bank account still that you could put your money into, that you could use right. your money still freely. Uh, but also it just makes logical sense to have one where – you can say, oh, I'm going to put $1,000 in for my portion of the rent this month, or I can put in, you know, $200 for the car payment or whatever else, right? So it just allows you the freedom to be able to, uh, you know, kind of still be able to do your own thing financially, but you're still mm -hmm. able to be responsible and you can keep the other person accountable. Like, if you put in a thousand dollars for rent and the other partner doesn't, well, very clearly you could be like, Hey, you, you forgot to put in your part of the rent. Right. So right. it's just a, it's a easy way to sort of keep things manageable, but also keeping your financial freedom. And yeah, you know, eventually over time, if you get married, you could always adjust that to some other model that makes sense to you. But I would say, yeah, at least while you're living together, but dating, I would recommend that. Yeah. You, you maybe just have one just for bills and other payments, but keep one for your own personal spending and now because of all the digital stuff i mean it should be easy just to automatically just get taken out of your own account like if each of you pay a certain amount 
I mean, a lot of places are set up for that where you don't need to share an account. Um, there are a lot of couples I work with that have moved to non-shared accounts just because it's creating so much conflict. So keep that in mind. Again, I would wait to see how you guys get along and your relationships with money before you dive into that because we have a later question that involves money. Yeah. I mean, one thing, I, one thing that I would recommend is like you can always just have it where the bills automatically deduct out of the account. Mm -hmm. So, and then you just put the money in so that that way, like... Yeah, you basically just put it in and takes it out. There's no, you don't have to necessarily have anybody be responsible for it. Just, yeah, you set it where your utilities bill comes out every month and yeah, you, you just put it in and it just automatically but, takes out. It can be very easy. But have a talk, oh, go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead. I'd say, um, you know, have a talk about what you're going to do if you're overdrawn. And who's going to keep track of the account? Are you guys going to use money management software or budgeting software, which I rec recommend? I think I mentioned you need a budget uh, software. That's a great way to keep track of your money. And again, we're not getting endorsement from them or anything. Uh, but I would make sure that that you are both on the same page um, with how you're going to handle things if things get kind of dicey with the bank account. Yeah. Like, what if what if one of you doesn't put in the thousand dollars? How are you going to handle that? And those are things that you know we don't really like talking about because it assumes that something's going to go south. But it's also a realistic part of having a sure bank account. Like, are you going to cover it in case the other person doesn't put the money in? And then what does that mean for your relationship and that yeah. kind of stuff? All right. Francine says, nerds, I was married to my husband for three years when one day he just disappeared. We later found out he moved to Thailand and, and um, has never was never coming back to the United States. I got divorced, but now after a year of being single, I'm ready to hit up the dating scene. There's an appropriate... When's the appropriate time to share this information with my dates? Um, I would say any information that's like immediately prudent to your dates, you should be sharing with them. You know, like there's just certain things that obviously are going to make an immediate sort of impact on them that you need to tell them right away. Some things, you know, maybe they just, it's not going to make an impact on them right away, but you still want to tell them. I would say maybe within like two or three dates, you might want to let your dates know i wouldn't tell them on a first date i think that's probably a little too much information for a first date and even when you tell them you don't have to get into all the details you can just give like a one sentence thing if they ask for more details and you want to give them sure but i would just you know tell them within like the second or third date and keep it relatively brief you know just say you know i'm divorced you know from my ex you know blah 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 and just kind of leave it at that and see what they say what do you think, Steph? So I went a little more from the viewpoint of, I don't think you need to share that right away. Um, you can just say you're divorced and leave it at that. People don't want to go into their divorce. Everybody's got a story behind their divorce. And if someone says, oh, well, tell me why why you got divorced. Now, first of all, you got to wonder why somebody's asking that right up front. And you can just say it just didn't work out. And then if you get into a, a relationship, you can talk about the circumstances behind it. But what, what good is that going to do anyway? Um, I always find that thing where you talk about why, you know, your relationships and why they broke up that usually doesn't do any good in a relationship. It's kind of a form of false intimacy. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would say it's really nobody's business. I think as long as you just say, you know, on your profiles or to people that, yeah, I'm divorced, I think that's what you need to say. That's it. You don't need to get into the detail. Yeah, again, that's kind of up to what details you're willing to give out, right? Like, right. I, I say, like, you know, everyone's mm -hmm. going to be different in this regard. Like, you know, 
you may just want to say, uh, just as a heads up, I'm divorced. You may want to say, hey, I'm divorced and you know, this is why. You may not want to give out this information at all. These are all really just guidelines. I mean, whatever your personal level of comfort is. Um, you know, right, and you don't have to answer a question just because somebody asked it to keep that in mind. If someone says, "Why did you get divorced?" You just say, "Oh, it just didn't work out," or you know, I really don't talk about that stuff right away. Yeah, you know, so. and most people are going to be very understanding. Like if you say, you know, "Hey, uh, you know, maybe we can talk about that at a later date," most most rational people will understand and you know give you that space. Yeah, well, hopefully, most rational people wouldn't ask in the first place. And if you say you're divorced, you're divorced. Well, so, yeah. I mean, it's, that's kind of that's just kind of rude. It's a natural curiosity to ask, you know, and I think, you know, when you ask, there's nothing wrong with just saying, hey, no, I don't want to talk about this. You know, if you if you ask and somebody says no, well, and then you keep going forward with it. Yeah, that's problematic. But if somebody says, hey, I'm divorced and somebody says, oh, can I ask how come? Like. I don't think there's anything wrong with that per se. That is, to me, that's really rude um, to say, why are you divorced? Like that, I don't know if, if it's getting, again, you know, like if it's getting into, if we're just talking about making social conversation, not dating, that's completely ridiculous. But um, if you ask somebody and it's the beginning, I'd say, you know, maybe they're trying to scope you out for if you have baggage or something, but everybody's got baggage, just different sets of baggage. So I would say that, you know, again, unless you get in a relation with someone, that's really none of their business. That's still none of their business if you get in a relationship because how is that going to inform your relationship now? And in fact, what I see is that people ask that stuff because they use it as ammunition later in unhealthy relationships. So keep that in mind. Hmm. Make sure that you are feeling like this person is pretty solid, they're emotionally stable before you get into that stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, did you want to read email sure wendy says nurse my fiance and i have planned on getting married this july but with covid19 we pushed it to 2021 which sucked but hey it is what it is we had saved around thirty-five thousand dollars for the wedding a large portion of this is from money that was given to us by our family left to us via deceased loved ones etc meanwhile my fiance is a pc gamer he loves playing games he's also working from home so he's using his gaming pc for work well two weeks ago his computer died it was totally gone so he said he's going to use some savings to build a new one. He used $4,500 from the wedding pool to build the PC. I'm pretty upset over this. This wasn't his money to spend. This is both of ours. He says he'll be putting the money back in, and I know he will, but it's concerning that he would take the money without consulting me first. No, Wendy. Wendy, yes, it is concerning. It wasn't that difficult for him to at least make the effort to consult you about the money. And my guess is the reason why he didn't is because he knew you would probably say no. Uh, so that I, I'm wondering if the way he behaved in this instance is indicative of other ways he's behaved in the relationship. Uh, that is concerning, especially cause he said, Oh, well, I'm going to use some, some savings. Now, did he, did he say like my savings? Because now he's just out and out lied about it. Or was he kind of cagey about saying he's going to use savings? Uh, so it sounds like he definitely didn't say he was going to use your wedding pool money. Um, so I, I think you have every right to be upset. Uh, this might even be a deal breaker. Uh, because you've got someone that was blatantly dishonest with you. And being dishonest isn't just lying to somebody's face. It's also doing stuff sneakily. So I would say, you know, if you either don't resolve this and and get okay with it, or you split, you're going to hang on to this for a long time. And that can eventually destroy your relationship. So 
I think that I didn't even see it. I didn't see an apology either. So he just says he'll put the money back in. Did he actually give you a heartfelt apology? Because how would he think that this is okay by any stretch? So again, the amount of effort he had to put in to ask you if it was okay is really minimal. So the fact that he didn't do that, I think that's very concerning. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the problem here is we don't know what his history is of, you know, asking and that level of respect in most cases in a situation like this. So it's hard to tell if this is just a pattern or whatnot. I'm going to assume that if you're getting married, this is not a pattern. And this is just a one-off thing where, you know, this is a, uh, yes, this is a gaming PC and it's one that he's gaming on, but he also is using it for work. So there's probably a certain level of urgency in getting one ready. Um, I'm guessing he probably just sort of got caught up in the moment and, you know, got it. And, you know, the thing is too, is this is not impacting your day-to-day -day finances. This is your wedding pool. This is money you're going to be using for your wedding in the coming year or so, or whenever COVID lets up. Uh, yes, he, I agree that he should have talked to you first. And I don't, I think, I don't know if there's any level of malice with him not asking. I think he probably just thought, oh, I'll build this PC and then later realize, probably realize I should have mentioned something because you know, sometimes you just get caught up and you realize, shit, I should have, I should have done, I should have handled that better. And I would talk to him first and maybe see if he recognizes that and, uh, you know, sort of just ask him like, Hey, do you think that could have been handled better? Because I think he probably, if I'm going to assume, because there's probably a lot of assuming considering we don't really know what his actions are aside from this, I'm going to assume that he probably will just recognize that. Yeah, there was some, there's some room to improvement here. Uh, you say that he's going to put the money back and that you don't have any reason to doubt that. Uh, yeah, he could have communicated this better, but again, it doesn't impact you on a day-to-day -day basis. And he has mentioned on when he's going to put back the money. If I were you, I would maybe set some kind of limit on what, on how much he's going to be paying back and when, uh, just to make sure that maybe he's keeping on track with that. I'm not saying like discipline him, but I think giving him some structure would obviously make sure that he's keeping on track for that. I not, maybe he would keep to that anyways, but I would give him some sort of level of structure to say like, Hey, you owe 1500 a month or something to pay this off. Or I don't know, maybe 750 a month or something like that. Basically give him some level of responsibility for paying back that money and let him know like hey this is important to me that you be responsible for this and pay this back um and go from there i think my impression here is that yeah he probably would recognize that this was a mistake and that he has to do right by it was this something that probably requires some urgency yes does that totally forgive what he did no I also don't think it makes him some immoral a-hole who probably didn't care about what his partner was doing or thinking. I think he probably just let it slip the mind. So I don't know. It's up to you and whether you want to give him some benefit of the doubt. But I would maybe give him some level of structure, but also give him some level of understanding too. I mean, he did have to get a work computer ready to go for work. You know, this is what's earning his income. So, you know having a computer ready to go you know it was sort of important for him to get that ready so you know i think at the end of the day this is kind of a muddled situation but the best thing you can do is sort of 
make sure that he's being responsible for giving that money back and that he's aware of his wrongdoings and how he can fix that in the long term. See, I think that's the probably more even forgiving answer. Um, mine would be he had to go through some effort to take that money out. So this isn't like he like an accident. Um, but yeah, I could see where maybe he was building the PC and then video cards are expensive and you know, blah, blah, blah. But again, the fact that he got wrapped up in it and they didn't consider talking to you. Now, let's say it wasn't malice because, you know, what's that, that um, principle that says that don't attribute to malice that you can attribute to stupidity? So let's say that he just did something wrong. Well, what's he doing buying a PC he can't afford anyway? So are there some issues there with him, you know, not having enough money in savings going after the money that you have together? Is he, does he think that you don't need all that money for the wedding? Um, then that's something you need to talk about. If he feels like that should be money, like let's say he had relatives that gave him money. Does he want to use that money on his own? Or And I would look, take a look at how much is your wedding costing? Um, are you going to be using some of this money maybe for down payment for a house or something? So maybe he's got an issue with the money just kind of sitting there. I don't know. But it's not sitting there because of COVID, you would have been getting married this month. So... It's one of those things that this is not a free pot of money and he kind of treated it like that. And again, I would see if, you know, like Chris said, do you talk to him about it? Does he feel remorseful about it? Or does he feel like he has a right to it? If he feels like he has a right to it, then you've got some things to talk about. Uh, but this was not an accident. This is where he had to make an effort to get this money out of the account and not consult you about it. And my guess is that there have been other things that have kind of maybe raised some flags for you. So I would just take a look at that. And again, like of course, said, if it, if it isn't something that he's done before, then you got to look at what was the incentive for him doing this? Like, and why didn't he bring it up? Did he come from a family where you just don't talk about stuff? You just do stuff. Um, I don't know how long you've been together, but um, sometimes the way that we interact with our partners, how the, the way that we saw our parents interact. So maybe in his family, you just do what you want and then you deal with the consequences later. I don't know. So um, sounds like you guys have some talking to do. I think you're justified in being upset about it. Um, I think how you guys talk about this to handle this is uh, really key right now. And this is actually a good opportunity to do it this way before you get married to see if you still want to get married even. Uh, because again, this is something that his amount of effort that he had to make to ask you was really low and he didn't meet that. So. That is my final answer. Oh, that's it. Divorce him, leave him on the streets. <laughs> what? Say that again? I said divorce him, leave him on the streets. But they're not even married yet, but I get what you're saying. Okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyways, yeah. Well, best of luck to everybody, including Wendy, because that's a weird situation. Just not at all. Not at all just not a good one to be in. But it's also more common than you think. And I have seen couples that have come in and they've been married 25 years or more. And one of the big issues they have is is something exactly like this. And they've been hanging on to it for that long. Yeah. Uh, because it's not it's not just about that. It's a it's a disrespect thing. And it's a not not having open communication thing. Yeah. And so it, it's it's indicative of other issues. But it's it's interesting how long people will hold on to something like that, uh, because again, it shows up in other areas. Right. All right. Well, 
you can find Steph over at stephaniesarkis.com. I'm over at threeingreennerds.com. Uh, the gaslighting book. Gaslighting book. Talking mm -hmm. brains. Yeah, the podcast. That's my thought. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We have a James Bond episode. Yep. Got James Bond in the can. That'll go up eventually. So, yeah. That'll be good times when that's up. Until next time, everyone. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody.